بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم ما بعد ونبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ثلاثة لا يكلمهم الله يوم القيامة ولا يزكيهم ولا ينظر إليهم ولهم عذاب أليم شيخ زان وملك كذاب وعائل مستكبر This type of prohibition which is mentioned in this hadith is similar to the one which just passed wherein Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said لَا يَنْذُرُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ إِلَى مَنْ جَرَّ إِزَارَهُ بَطَرًا that Rasulullah said that that person who drags his lower garments out of pride, Allah will not look at such a person on the Day of Judgment. As we mentioned, the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all comprehensive and there is nothing that is concealed at any given moment. Allah says in the Quran that nothing is concealed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the heavens and in the earth, the entire creation of Allah at any given time are in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In that hadith, Rasulullah said, Allah will not look at a person. As we mentioned, that this not looking at a person means that Allah will not look with mercy and respect. Allah will not look with compassion and kindness at a person who perpetrates such a crime just to reiterate, that person who drags his lower garments out of pride. One point which we dealt with already in that hadith, which to some extent requires further clarification, is that this type of prohibition where Rasulullah says, Allah will not look at such a person. Allah will not speak to such a person. Love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, preserving our ta'alluq, our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is, this is the cornerstone of faith. This is the very edifice foundation of our iman. If you look at human relationships, for example, a mother, a person is supposed to love and have respect for his mother to a very high level. Sometimes when the mother wants to caution the child, listen, don't do this or don't do that, what does the mother do? Listen, if you're going to do this, I'm not going to speak to you. If you're not going to do this, I'm not going to look at you. Now that in itself already becomes a deterrent. That at any cost, I want to preserve my relationship with my mother. Sometimes a loving husband and wife, a wife will say to the husband, or husband will say to the wife, that if you cross this line, or if you engage in this, I won't look at you, I won't speak to you. So one is the act itself is wrong, and then over and above that, this serves as a further encouragement to at any cost stay away from that. وَلِلَّهِ الْمَثَلُ الْأَعْلَىٰ There are no comparisons or such parables with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but this is just for our understanding. Allah will not look at you, Allah will not speak to you. So if you have even an iota of iman in the heart, this itself should be enough as a deterrent that we have to stay away from this. In any case, coming back to the subject matter of this hadith, Abu Huraira radiallahu narrates that Rasulullah says there are three categories of people. 
Thalathatun. This word category, that translation is not literal in the hadith. We find that very often, especially in Arabic terminology, the number number three or the number seven, or in some instances, seventy. More often than not, whenever these numbers are used in a general tense, they don't refer to the specific number three or seven, but they refer more, ulama explain it like this, they say, for example, in this hadith, Thalatha, Nabi Salaam said three, they say, doesn't mean three people, Thalatha to Afrad, what it means, three, Thalatha to Asnaf, three categories. Very often when seven is used, for example, the famous hadith where Rasulullah Sallallahu said, Sab'atun la yudhillumullahu fi dhilli yawma la dhilla illa dhilla arshihi. That seven people, Allah Ta'ala will not grant them, Allah Ta'ala will grant them shade underneath his arsh on the day when there will be no other shade besides the shade of Allah's arsh. They also, ulama mentioned, it doesn't mean the number seven, it means seven types of people. And interestingly, in that hadith also, very often these numbers 3 and 7 are, not, are used to denote kathrat. They are used to denote, in other words, many. Not specifically 3 or specifically 7. For example, the three categories of people that are mentioned in this hadith, where Rasulullah says Allah will not look at them, etc. We find in other hadith, other things are mentioned. Other prohibitions are mentioned. So that is why... For clarification, it doesn't, it's not confined to three and it doesn't mean three people, it means three categories. Three categories of people, thalathatun, la yukallimuhumullah. Rasulullah Sallallahu said, Allah will not speak to them on the day of judgment. Here also, like in the case of sight, Allah Ikram mentioned that Allah will not speak with love and compassion, but Allah Ta'ala will address them with anger. Allah will address them with his wrath. لا يكلمهم الله يوم القيامة ولا يزكيهم And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala literal translation of يزكيهم Allah will not purify them. Ulama Iqlam explained what this means is that Allah will not forgive their sins and Allah ta'ala will not accept their deeds or their actions. ولا ينظر إليهم and Allah will not look at them. This already passed in the previous hadith. Allah will not look with mercy and with respect at these three people. And over and above that in this hadith, وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ They will have to face a very, very painful. The word alim in Arabic means very painful. They will have to pay face a very painful azab and chastisement. Before we even look at the three categories, we can clearly appreciate and understand that at every, at all costs, we should be making every attempt not to fall into these categories. Rasulullah is saying just to reiterate, three categories of people, Allah will not speak to them, Allah will not look at them, Allah will not purify them, and they will have to face a terrible punishment. Another hadith similar to this on one occasion, Rasulullah Sallallahu was sitting with Sahaba and he said this. He said, Thalathatun la yukallimuhumullah wa la yanduru ilayhim yawm al-qiyamah wa la yuzakkihim wa lahum adabun alim. Abu Zar Ghifari radiyallahu ta'ala anhu was sitting in that majlis when he heard, was, was present in that majlis when he heard such an effect it had upon him. 
It's mentioned that he fell onto the ground. And he said, Khabu wa khasiru, Khabu wa khasiru, Khabu wa khasiru, man hum ya Rasulullah. He said, ya Rasulullah, they are finished. Khabu means they are lost. Khasiru, they are barbad. They, they can never be any hope for their success. Man hum, who are these people? So we can see from the reaction of Sahaba Kiram when this type of prohibition is mentioned, how extreme the prohibition is and how careful and meticulous we have to be with regards to abstaining from these categories. The first of the categories, Rasulullah says, is Shaykhun Zanin. An elderly man, an elderly person who commits zina, or who commits adultery or fornication. Qazi Ayaz, rahimahullah, in his commentary of this hadith, he says, why is particular mention made of these particular transgressions and crimes? Because he says that if you look at the three categories Rasulullah has mentioned and what, is, and what these three people are accused of, we find that particularly in their case or in their instance, these crimes are totally inappropriate, unnecessary, and completely unjustifiable. The first, obviously, is zina. Rasulullah says a person commits zina or adultery. This is, Allah Ta'ala tells us in the Quran, Wala taqrabu zina. Don't even go close to zina. Yet, in other words, control one's gaze. Do not find yourself in solitude or alone with a woman who is not your mahram. Take every step possible to stay away from zina. Zina is something that is so reprehensible in sharia that Rasulullah said that iman cannot withstand the effect of zina. So that if Allah protect us, if a Muslim has to fall into zina, at the time of committing the zina, iman leaves the body of that person. And only after he has completed that act, the iman returns back into his body. So such a grave prohibition is given for zina. Under no circumstances is this allowed or is this conscionable in Islam. But then over and above that, Nabi Islam says, Shaykhun Zanim. One hand he is a fornicator, an adulterer, and over and above that he is an elderly person. Now why particularly old man? Because the old man has years of experience, he has intelligence, and Whilst zina is something that cannot be condoned, sometimes you can offer an excuse. I made a mistake. Why? Because of youthful desires. I couldn't control my passions and my desires. Now we find that the fire of, of desires and shahwat generally in an elderly person has been extinguished. It's much less. Old elderly person is not normally or easily supposed to be susceptible to be overtaken by his desires because of his old age. So it has to be a very, very high level of shamelessness that will cause an elderly person where there isn't so much of the shahwat and desire in him naturally and he has years of experience and intelligence still for such a person to come at zina is a much greater prohibition. That is why Rasulullah singled out this specifically. Qazi Ayaz rahimullah mentions this in the tafsir of this. Shaykhun Zanin, elderly person who commits zina. 
The second category which Rasulullah mentions, Malikun Kadhab. Kidh or Kadhib to speak lies. This is something that goes against the shan of a mu'min of a believer. In fact, in many, many ahadith, we are taught this, that like how water and, like how oil and water don't mix. Being a liar and being a person of iman, this is something that doesn't go together. Unfortunately, today we are living in a society where being honest or abstaining from deceit instead of being the exception has become the norm. In fact, some people pride themselves over how deceitful they are, how they're able to pull, how they're able to fool others or pull wool over the eyes of others in the deceit. Whereas the one hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Safan radiallahu ta'ala anhu, says that we ask Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that Ya Rasulullah, is it possible for a man to be a, a miser and to be a mu'min? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, obviously Islam doesn't condone miserliness, but he said it's possible. A person can be a miser and be a mu'min. Can a person be a coward and a mu'min? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, yes. Ya Rasulullah, can a man have iman and be a habitual liar? Can a man have iman and be deceitful, speak lies? To this Rasulullah said, no, it's not possible. So like water and oil don't mix, iman and deceit, being untruthful, this does not mix. So lies under any circumstance, and we find in the hadith, Nabi didn't say kadid, he said kadhab. Kadhab means a person who speaks a lot of lies. What makes it even worse? Why this category has been singled out? Rasulullah said, Malikun Kadhab. Sometimes a person can say, you know what, my life was in danger, that's why I lied. Or I couldn't resist the temptation, that's why I lied. Or there was some motivation behind my lying. I lied to make a little bit extra money. I lied to gain respect. I lied so that I could raise my status. A king has everything already. He's already the wealthiest generally amongst his subjects. He doesn't need any more greater status or position. So there is very, there is minimal grounds, there's no justifiability, particularly in the case of a person who's a king. And yet, he's a king on the one side, on the other hand, he's an excessive liar, extremely deceitful. So this is why specific mention is made of this person. Another reason, ulama Ikram say why Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam specifically mentioned a ruler who lies excessively because when a ruler lies, his lies doesn't, doesn't just affect himself, it affects the masses. And more often than not, when does a ruler lie? He promises his people a utopia. He promises his people a good life, good conditions, etc. Meanwhile, he's pulling the carpet from underneath their feet. Through his lies, he's snatching away their rights. So his lies are not confined to himself. The harms of it affect huge masses. This is why specific mention is made of this Malikun Kadhab. And the third category which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentions, he says, Ailun Mustakbir. And it is because of this third category that this hadith has been mentioned by Imam Nawawi in this chapter which deals with the prohibition of pride and self-conceit. Where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, A poor man... Ail means a poor person. 
A poor person, person of minimal financial means, yet he is very boastful and proud. Normally, poverty instills humility in people. Poverty, as we've seen in the previous hadith, where Jannat and Jahannam got into a debate. Jannat said, fear in me are the poor people, in me are the weak people. In other words, generally, generally poverty instills piety, poverty instills humility, poverty instills the ability in a person to stay away from the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here this person is poor, he's got nothing to be proud about, he's got nothing to be boastful about, he's got nothing to be arrogant about. There's absolutely no justifiability. Even a rich person being proud is prohibited. Here a poor person who is proud, who is arrogant, who is boastful, this is why specific mention Rasulullah made. Just to recap, Rasulullah said three categories of people. Allah will not look at them, Allah will not speak to them, Allah will not purify them, and Allah protect us, they will face a terrible punishment. One is an elderly person who commits fornication or adultery. The other is a king who is an excessive liar. And the third is a poor person who is proud, boastful and arrogant. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah.